Uh, Our reading today is from Luke 2, 8 to 20. It's called The Shepherds and the Angels. That night, there were shepherds staying in fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by his sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Thanks, Joe. The angel knew. The angel knew what was happening. If there's one word that describes what Christmas is all about, then it might be that little word, uh, joy. A little word, joy. One of the fruits of the Spirit. We've all got it. But sometimes it can be very well hidden. If you were to look up joy and quotes about joy, you would find joy is connected to and defined by uh, friends. Um, Experiencing a journey together, you get joy. It's linked with happiness. It's a choice. It's probably the opposite of grief. Uh, It's the joy of new experiences. The joy of God. The joy of singing, and I think there's about a hundred other things that you might be listing now that you think, well, that's what joy is to me. Now, I'm not sure if it's because I was asked to talk about uh, the subjects of joy, but I, I seem to have seen and heard the word much more this year in the advertisements. Every advertisement seems to have the word joy in it. Has it always been there? Perhaps it has. I've missed it, and you can miss joy at Christmas. It was even in the headlines of the Echo uh, this week. Understandable joy at the healing of a small child who had cancer, and I think it was liver failure as well. When he recovered, that's real joy coming through at at that point. It's beyond happiness. Joy is simple, yet it's complicated. Where it comes from seems to be up to each person. Now, I know joy when I see it or when I feel it, And I also recognize when joy is not present or when someone just doesn't have that joy. As I say, joy is complicated. It might be if you're French, you are more joyful than if you are English for some reason or or another. It's also wonderful. How would you feel if I said that we were going to sing Joy to the World again? That would panic the band, I know, so we're not going to sing it. But it depends which version you want. Now, some people want the Three Dog Night version from 1970. Now, I'm going to need a little help with, uh, with the verse, okay, because it has a little chorus to it. I need one or more people just to go, ne, ne, ne. 
all right? Um, preferably at the right time. So it, it starts, Jim, it starts very biblical. The first word is biblical. It kind of goes downhill after that, but I will retrieve it, okay? Because it starts with the word Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Nah, nah, nah. Was a good friend of mine. Yeah, you know it, don't you? I never understood a single word he said, but I helped him a drink his wine, and he always had some mighty fine wine, singing joy to the world, all the boys and girls now, joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea, joy to you and me. Yes, that brought a little bit of joy to some people, but I'm guessing not everyone. Perhaps those doing the no, no, no. I think, yeah, I'm doing this. Okay. So joy can be connected to fishes in the deep blue sea. But maybe that didn't make you smile. So here's the version of Joy to the World by Isaac Watts in 1719, which is about 20 past five. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Saviour reigns. Let all their songs employ. With fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Now, unfortunately, there's no na 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 in that particular song, yet it can still bring happiness and joy when it's sung. Can you see how joy is complicated? It's connected to a drunken frog one minute, and then it's connected to the entire earth at Christmas time the next moment. But joy is a very positive emotion, because joy is a gift from God. God is the author of any joy that you experience in your lives. It's a positive emotion, so it's like happiness, but it transcends circumstances. Some believe that joy cannot be taken from us once it's given. And we do remember joyful moments in our lives. And some of our favorite carols here mention them by name. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Now Christmas, according to Professor Willeman from Durham University, is a delightful disruption of the way things are normally. And delightful disruption seems to catch the spirit of Luke 2. One moment you're tending sheep in the middle of the night, the next you're being scared out of your wits by an angelic choir. I'm sure it's delightful, and it's certainly a disruption. But where is the joy it can be a challenge to find joy when you're hungry, when you've been bereaved, when you are ill, when you know somebody loved by you is ill, when you're depressed, when it's finding it hard to make ends meet. True. Because it all depends where you look for joy. We can spot joy with the birth of a new child, the recovery from an illness. An unexpected gift, a visit or a text from a friend. It brings joy. The angel comes with good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
And so what is this good news of great joy? Well, verse 11 has the answers. There are various versions of it. I've got this one coming up on the screen in a second. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. See, the angel knew where joy was and how to bring it to the world. So if you're looking for Christmas joy, I I suggest you can find all you need in that single verse. Maybe you're used to the more traditional wording, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour, which is Christ the Lord. Unto you. For you. He came for you. This is where Christmas becomes intensely personal. It's not enough to say abstractly that you believe Christ came. Millions of people say that, but are still lost in their sins. And it's not enough to say that Christ came for someone else. He came for you. Do you believe that? Does that give you joy? I hope so. In just a few days, Christmas will be here. Families may gather around the tree to open their presents, and already some children are counting the number of sleeps up until that moment. Is it 12 sleeps, Obi? Is it 12? Is it 13? I don't know. Do we sleep on Christmas Eve? I never know whether we count that one in or or not. But there is joy in giving. When you receive your gifts this Christmas, what will you do? Will you not open them? What use is a gift that's never opened? It's the only way to unwrap the joy. Now, little practice on what to say when you are given a gift. It's quite easy. You say, thank you. Okay? So when the gift comes, you say, thank you. Now, what can sometimes happen, you're saying thank you, but in your head, you're saying, I've got one of these already. You're saying thank you, but in your head, you're going, what is it? Thank you. I didn't want that. Thank you. In your head, I'll give it to someone else. Or thank you. Did you keep the receipt by any chance? 2,000 years ago, God sent a gift wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. He sent a special parcel by royal mail. In fact, he was the royal mail. Actually, he was redirected mail because it says in the Bible that he came to his own and his own received him not. So he was actually redirected mail. People rejected God's gift and they still do. But to those who received him, he gave everlasting life. Jesus is God's Christmas gift to you. But you'll never experience Christmas joy until you personally receive God's gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Christmas is just around the corner, yeah, a couple of weeks' time, no pressure. Are you ready? (laughs) Well, let's just measure the joy in the room at the moment with a few simple questions, and you've just got to say yes or or whatever you want to say to it. So how many of you are in such a smug zone now? You are full of joy because you've got all the shopping done. Well done. Look at the joy on the face. No more shops. Well, perhaps a few last-minute things, but basically it's done. Right. Who's got all the presents wrapped? Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Another job done. Good. 
let's lower the bar a bit. Who's got perhaps half of the shopping done? Yeah, all right, okay, come on then, smile, be joyful, we're getting there. Oh dear, anyone, men, anyone not started yet? Okay, I think Amazon's still working. How many have got all your baking done and all the cooking prepared? And it's all, all right, no, 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 sprouts on yet, not yet, okay. Who's sent all their Christmas cards? Whoa, there's, there's, a, there's a few. And I sensed in the, yeah, there was a little bit of joy coming through there as, as well. As I said earlier, it's very personal. There's some people so depressed now because they haven't done any shopping, haven't got any cards, and that, that. I could keep on going, and get, but it gives us the idea of how ready we are for Christmas in physical job terms. But Advent is a four-week period of preparation for Christmas. It's not a physical preparation. It's a spiritual one. And Waypoint have got the Advent series. They've got hope and peace, joy, and then love. So this Sunday, you'll be glad to know we are beyond hope. (laughs) We've not got any peace. We're considering joy. And I'm fairly confident that we actually all know what Christmas is about. But I do wonder if some of us, even though we know what Christmas is all about up here in our minds, fail to make the connection down here in our hearts. And if we fail to make the connection in our hearts... I wonder if that takes away some of the joy we could be experiencing at this time of year. So in order to get that heart connection, let's look at Luke 2, verses 10 and 11. It'll come up on the screen in a moment. Because here Luke describes an angel telling the shepherds and telling us what Christmas should be like, what Christmas is all about. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The angel knew. And according to the angel, Christmas should be good news. But not just good news, it should be good news of great joy. I don't know about you, but many times a Christmas season doesn't always feel like good news to me. And there's times when I just don't seem to have the great joy. Have you ever experienced a Christmas season where you're just not feeling it? Yeah, yeah. Were you too stressed out and busy? Where Christmas, it was just a lot of work for one day. Where you were with friends, you were with family, but you actually felt alone, maybe even annoyed? Have you ever experienced a Christmas where you had little joy? Well, there is, of course, the joy of shopping. A lady was fighting her way through West Quay with arms full of Christmas shopping. She was tired of fighting the crowds, tired of queuing, tired of searching long aisles for a gift that had sold out days before. Her arms were full as she reached the lift. The door opened and the elevator was full. The occupants grudgingly made room for her. The doors closed and she couldn't help herself from blurting out, whoever is responsible for the whole Christmas thing ought to be arrested, strung up and shot. And others in the lift grunted and nodded in agreement. And then a voice from the back said, don't worry, they already crucified him. 
before we moan at any lack of joy, we should remember who is responsible for the whole Christmas thing. It's all about God, who loved the world so much that he gave us a saviour who is Christ the Lord. So what might be the main distractions to joy for us as humans? Well, I can think of three culprits. Commercialism, busyness, and family. When we fix our eyes on those instead of Jesus, we could lose any joy that might be associated with Christmas. As much as we try to teach our children that Christmas is about a baby Jesus, commercialism makes it about the presents. And presents can literally be overflowing to the point that you can't see the bottom of the Christmas tree. It's been resolved. There's a company in New York have built a tree that's the other way up, so there is more room for the presents underneath. Yes, it's true, I'm afraid. When our children expect this kind of Christmas, we don't want to let them down. Of course we don't. We go to great lengths to have the best parties, the best presents, the best food. We stress ourselves out, maybe overspend to make Christmas the most joyous occasion of the year. We think that this will bring joy, and maybe it can. Maybe it can for a while. But when it's all over, despite all the happiness and the thrill of it seeing excited faces, we're left somewhat empty. Even when the children are grateful playing in the cardboard box that the present was wrapped in. If Christmas is hijacked by consumerism, it's not going to be great news. Good news of great joy, is it? And another joy robber is the preoccupation of busyness. Oh, we get so busy shopping, thinking about what presents to buy, cooking, throwing parties, going to parties, visiting relatives, and so on. Christmas just doesn't impact us in our hearts. We're just too busy. We don't find the time to connect with Jesus. Remember, the angel said that Jesus is the good news that brings great joy. So commercialism and busyness can steal away the joy. And then there's family. We have high expectations of our family gatherings. We think they're going to be wonderful, and hopefully they will be. But sometimes they fail to materialize into a joyous occasion. And joy may look more like this next slide. Just joy to you when the family come. <laughs> look like that. Isn't that a brilliant photograph? <clears throat> you see, within the family, there might be the bored teenager. Oh, whatever. It's just not cool to celebrate Christmas. There's adults who seem to argue over every minor detail about the gathering. There's children disputing the rules of the game and whose turn it is next. I can see people nodding with agreement. This, this, is, this is striking home a little bit, a bit too close, perhaps. Oh, there's so many individual diets to be catered for as well. We've got vegetarian, we've got vegan, dairy-free. I don't want any dark meat, no Brussels sprouts. I'm in on that one, I'll tell you, no Brussels sprouts. Jim, it's not in the Bible. I don't have to eat them. Okay, they do not get a mention. I've read it all the way through, not even there. Then there's all the organisation. 
trying to please everyone. Oh, who's going to sit where? Those who want to listen to the king's speech, those who don't want to listen to the king's speech, those who want to go for a walk, those who don't want to go for a walk, endless cups of tea coming in, and there's some need a sleep and some quite honestly need a slap. (laughs) But we don't do that. But we need to be reminded of the joy. So let's focus on the scriptures. There are almost 250 Bible verses with joy in them and another 150 pertaining to rejoice. The good news is I'm only going to do three of them. That's a whole lot of joy. So with around 400 total references to joy and rejoicing in the Bible, I think we can say it's not a minor theme in God's word. And in Luke 1, we're directed to joy with John in the womb. Even before what we normally consider the Christmas story, joy was present and it was shared. John the Baptist was the herald of the Messiah and his birth is recorded in the first part of Luke 1, even as Mary is receiving the news that she will bear the Christ child. Mary goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth who is pregnant with John and she exclaims, but why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. The baby growing inside Elizabeth heard Mary's voice and he jumped around. John, full of the Holy Spirit, even in the womb, reacted with joy to the presence of Mary and the growing Jesus in her womb. That's awesome. Why would the baby be joyous? Why would Elizabeth be joyous? What is it about this situation that is joyful? Real joy and true happiness is absolutely found in God's presence. Elizabeth and John in her womb were in the presence of the Lord. And the presence brought them joy. The presence of God brings joy. We have joy in the presence of God because he is God. We have joy in the presence of God because his plans and promises are perfect. We have joy in the presence of God because he's always good and works for our good always. We have joy in the presence of God because he loves us. The second scripture to talk about joy is the one that we heard earlier. Luke 2 directs us to joy and the angels news. The shepherds are minding their own business, minding their sheep when angels arrive on the scene and explain that something significant has happened. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The angel appears and explains what is happening. It's not the cause of any kind of fear. What's happening is actually the opposite of fear in just about every single way. The birth of Jesus Christ is not about fear. It's about faith. 
not about fear, but about favor. It's not about fear, but fulfillment. Faith, favor, fulfillment lead to joy. The good news is great joy for all the people. True joy comes because we base our lives on God's truths. We also trust him with our lives. That's faith. Even when things are falling about around us, we can have joy because our lives are based on God's truths, which are eternal. The birth of Jesus means that God fulfilled his promises to send a saviour. Salvation is coming to all people through what his son will do on the cross. His birth means a personal relationship is established with God. It is actually now possible to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus. His birth means that the source of eternal life has come to offer us life with God forever. And by the grace of God, all of this gives us joy, which means we can be secure and happy in God through Christ no matter what happens. It's a gift not dependent on our circumstances. It's a rock-solid foundation in faith in Christ, and it is joyous. In Matthew 2, the third one, we're directed to joy and the wise men. After the birth of Jesus, the joy continued. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they see the star, when they find Jesus, the emotion they feel is joy. They were overjoyed. They find Jesus and the actions they take because their hearts are joyous goes into worship. They fall down on their knees and they know their place in creation as created beings who worship an infinite God. They gave gifts to him, honoring him as king and as a savior. And so what was the result of their joyous heart? Worship, gift giving. Now in the passage, it's tricky to discern if the joy came first and then the worship and the gift giving happened or whether these wise men were already worshipful and ready to give gifts and then joy was the result. But it's clear that joy and worship and giving are all tightly tied together in the passage. So how can we find joy amidst the stresses of life and the Christmas season? Worship and give. Give time, give hope, give peace, give joy, give love. How can we find joy when we don't feel joyful? Worship and give. That donation to the hub or a charity sparks joy in your heart and in the heart of someone who receives it. How can we trust God to turn our trials into joyful blessings. Worship and give. Give thanks for the good things. Get the trials in perspective. How can joy grow in our hearts 
when life is harder than it should be? Worship and give. Look out, not in. Look up, not down. Ne, ne, ne. Be thankful at the start of every day. I think Daniel had that in his sermon last week. Be thankful at the start of every day. Just like the wise men, worship and give, and we will find that joy follows close behind. Joy is based on a relationship with God through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the bad news. If you do not have a personal relationship with him, you will never have joy. Never. And here's the good news. I don't think that was a message from above, is it? Here's with the owner of car number. (laughs) We need to pay for this. The good news. God's gift to us this morning and every morning is the totally stress-free gift of joy in God's presence. God's joy is a gift to us, pure and simple, with no strings attached. Thanks be to God that joy is not one more commercial product that we have to obtain, we have to work for, or we have to purchase. It's not one more thing to do on our to-do list, not one more obligation to the family or an emotion that we have to drum up. It's sweet, simple gift to all with an open heart. Today, God and all of God's creation want to fill you with joy. And I just hope that you're not too tired to be able to say yes. May God grace you with his presence at this moment and give you joy, give you hope, and give you peace. And why? He loves you. God loves you. Be blessed. Let's pray. Father, we just love the story of Christmas, the familiar tale that we've heard each year. And we love how each time we hear it, something new can come across, a new perspective can be put on it. It's a story which is just grounded in the whole of creation. It's part of your plan. It didn't look good at the start with that cold stable with no room at the inn, but you brought joy. You brought joy for Mary and Joseph, for the shepherds, for the kings, and for the whole world. The angels proclaimed it. Spread the joy. And now it's our turn. As we go through our Advent series, as we approach Christmas, as we watch a nativity, as we sing carols, may we just be reminded that you sent joy. You want us to find that joy, to experience that joy, and to share that joy. And you've given us the gift of compassion and love. So when we can see those who are struggling to find joy, you will prompt us to say something, to do something, to give something. 
And as we do all those things, we do it as if we are giving back to you in love and in worship. Father, 